0: Welcome to the Elder Hour podcast, where we discuss the history of plants from a magical perspective.
1: We'll be exploring the history, lore, and mystical properties of a new plant every single week.
0: I'm your host, Juliette Diaz, an indigenous Taino bruja and seer from a long line of medicine, women, and men. I have a master's of science in herbal medicine, best-selling author of Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within, and founder of Plant Coven.
1: And I'm your host, Chelsea Selby, owner of a cult bath and body brand, Witch Baby Soap, college-educated holistic health practitioner, and lifelong witch. Welcome to episode five. Juliet and I are here talking about walnuts this week. Mm-hmm. A seemingly benign nut. But it has a lot of magical history and lore. Yes, we're excited about this one today.
0: So walnut is the nut of any tree of the genus Mm Juglans, particularly the Persian or English walnut. However, a walnut is the edible seed of a drupe, right? Mm -hmm. So it is not a true botanical nut, which a lot of people
1: cannot believe that.
0: Don't know. Uh So, a drupe is a fleshy fruit in which that surrounds a single shell or a seed inside, like the walnut, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is commonly consumed as a nut after the ripening of its edible seed.
1: Walnuts are known in their Latin name as Mm juglins. I've got an interesting fact about this one. Yes, let's go. Juglins literally means Jupiter's nuts. okay like his his nuts like his balls
0: yeah <laughs> i know that they do
1: look the shape <laughs> they do look like balls so so they're speaking to the gods the god jupiter's nuts nuts so so just so you know every time you eat a walnut it's Jupiter's nuts. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cannot wait to say that on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as you can imagine, walnuts are sacred to the god Jupiter. Yes. We'll get into that a little bit further. Yes. So, walnut is a, it's actually our first masculine mm. plant. And by the way. I just want to specify when we speak about herbs as being feminine or masculine, it is not speaking to like the specific gender of the plant. Obviously plants have different genders. It speaks to like the action of the plant almost in like a yin or yang fashion. Mm -hmm. So masculine is usually more outward, like, aggressive energy whereas feminine is more like passive more inward sometimes like psychic or like linked to more like moonlight qualities masculine is going to be more like sun like qualities Mm -hmm. so just a clarification when we speak in masculine and feminine if you're a baby witch and you have no idea what we're talking about that is specifically what we're talking about So, these are going to be very action-oriented magical properties. The other thing is that it's also ruled by the sun. I think that that's interesting because it's uh, Jupiter's nuts, obviously. So, it does have association with Jupiter, too. A lot of Jupiter and sun plants are very similar in nature, actually, and are almost, like, conflicting because, you know, Jupiter is so large that it has a lot of the same properties as sun plants. Mm. Um, Like dandelions, for example, are a Jupiter herb, but they're yellow. Mm -hmm. They grow straight up to the sun. Those are typically sun properties, so they kind of could be used interchangeably almost. Folk names of walnut are caria, caucasian walnut, English walnut, tree of evil, Mm -hmm. and walnut. Yes.
0: (laughs) I also have um, the roots of evil.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Because it refers to witches in Italian folklore. Mm -hmm. Um, It was said that if you happen to meet a witch and don't want her to follow you, um, you place it on her lap or under her chair, which, how would you... What do you do? Just throw it at her. her.
1: (laughs) That'll keep the witches away. Um, to keep her away. That is very interesting because I have a whole thing about the walnut tree and Italy. And Italy, yes. So there are there. There's a a place in Italy Mm -hmm. called Benevento. Um, it's where the walnut witches are located. I want to hear more. I was so excited to talk about this. (laughs) Benevento had a stronghold of paganism and held out during, um, you know, the uprising of Christianity in Europe. It has long been known for its association with the craft. Essentially, it's like Italy's Salem or New Orleans. Mm -hmm. It's located between... Rome and Naples. There is a walnut tree that grew in Benevento. It was where the local witches used to dance around and worship the gods and goddesses. This site was sacred to Diana, Proserpina, Hecate, and Nyx. In Italian witchcraft, this is this is where it gets interesting. There's a there's a few different segments of a Italian witchcraft, there's a lot of different practices. Um, Some Italian witchcraft works with, like, you know, saints and archangels and that type of magic. Mm -hmm. This particular segment of history was linked to, like, Dianic cults and the worshipping of Diana. Eventually, it was demonized by, you know, the church,
0: As they demonize everything. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It was demonized by the church as they rose to power. Um, I don't write the histories. Don't get mad at me for saying this. But that's the truth. And Diana was the deity most commonly associated with witchcraft during the burning times. Mm -hmm. So the story of Diana uh, turned into this, this almost like offshoot. Of actual paganism, as you know, Lucifer is not part of paganism. That is a Christian. Mm-hmm. Is a Christian figure in mythology. So it's interesting because these two things start to intersect in Italian uh, folklore. So Diana of the night disguises herself as a cat to seduce. Her brother Lucifer. And she births Aradia, the queen of the witches, to bring balance of day and night, Lucifer, the light bringer, and Diana, the goddess of the night, birth Aradia, who is a balance of the two. I think it's very interesting. This storyline, actually, I had this aha moment when mm-hmm. I was watching The Chilly Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, which I just finished recently. Because her mom's name is Diana. Oh, it is. And her dad is Lucifer. Oh, wow. And Aradia was an actual person who taught witchcraft and taught people the worship of Diana Wow, which is interesting, because Sabrina is
0: fighting for that balance. That
1: balance between heaven and hell, day and yes, night. Yes,
0: which is kind of like my life story, because same thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're always trying to balance both sides. But it's, it is. It's actually, I they had to have gotten this reference mm-hmm. from this.
1: So I think that's like the the deep down symbolism that you're seeing in this season of Sabrina. Sabrina. So, this walnut tree was extremely important. Witches would dance around the walnut tree when Christianity finally overtook the region of Italy that the walnut tree was in, Benevento. Mm-hmm. They supposedly cut down the walnut tree and put a church over it.
0: A church over the, really?
1: Over the site of the walnut tree. Interesting. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Obviously, this is something that happens, like
0: yeah, well, for, for thousands care. of years ago. However, true to how you know, I know you're scared about you know, tappering around religious stuff. I'm not because I'm indigenous. <laughs> yeah, I say it straight the fuck out. <laughs> it is what it is. The church, religion, has always taken from pagans and indigenous culture and use whatever we were using a source of power to add it to their own. So I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice that they would actually take the spot where this powerful tree was to build their church to kind of have the source of power for them.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like an integration. Like a lot of things I think it's really interesting uh the way that things evolve and and continue on like uh, I have a couple different figures that I want to talk about in a few episodes of yes. people who seem to transcend each spirituality and that archetype continues going.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. For instance, like my family from my dad's side, they are Santeros like yeah. in Cuba, huge Santeria, which mm-hmm. is a mixture of African and um, catholic and indigenous culture in one um i'm never i wasn't really drawn to practicing that 100 yeah i do practice more of my indigenous Mm -hmm. culture but however my indigenous name is bawainaru i don't know if i mentioned this before which means ocean woman Uh uh-huh and in um, santeria um yemaya who's also Mm -hmm. ocean claimed me while uh, my mom was pregnant with me. They have, like, my beads set up and everything. So mm-hmm. it's, they follow you wherever. It's kind of, like, I it's really magical to me how they find a way to still um, be part of you
1: mm-hmm. whatever
0: practice you do or whatever you choose to believe in.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, the spirits, the energy, it just can transmute in so many different ways to so many different things, mm-hmm. you know? And... I think at the end of the day, that's one of the things I enjoy the most about this podcast is that it kind of bridges the gap and makes you realize through nature that all things are connected. Yes. Um, so also the tree. So
0: we have the trees also known as the tree of evil
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or the selfish tree. I've read that also. But going back to my indigenous roots, we know not to sit under a walnut tree. Why? Many natives know this because you go under it's bad luck first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, the tree could curse you. and these were beliefs before we actually knew why. Like mm-hmm. there's actually a scientific uh, scientific reason for it. Um, there's a myth that has those who fall asleep under the walnut tree may suffer madness, prophetic dreams. It may not even wake at
1: all, which this is true. Mm-hmm. This is, is actually... Is it bad that this makes me want to go under a no. walnut tree So, like, <laughs>
0: horses, for instance, they get ill when they're next to walnut trees. Flies don't even go underneath it oh at God. all. Um, woodworkers have been um, known to suffer from f- its fumes and get sore skin from walnut wood from just even touching it. So, further digging... Mm-hmm. The causes is because of chemical inhibitors. Uh So the walnut tree essentially ensures that like any other competitors or attackers don't get to the tree. So it does send out either fumes by its touch. Um, It ignites
1: these chemicals to literally put you out, to kill you. You know, it's really funny about that. (laughs) So I also have it here in my notes. Um, Italian families, Planted a walnut tree when a daughter was born into the family. Yes, I see that for fertility. And when she got married, they would cut it down and turn it into the bed. Why? Uh, Fertility, I'm assuming. Fertility, right? Mm -hmm. Interesting. They also believe that walnut trees would induce prophecies. Yes, for sure. And if you cut down a walnut tree... You know, you're
0: not going to have a very good life. It's like putting a curse on yourself.
1: I think, yeah, generally. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting that this tree has so much to do with the mind because it's shaped like a brain. Mm-hmm. It does It
0: does look like a brain. And balls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, old balls. Oh, what's the difference? <laughs> I think with both of them.
0: <laughs> it also, um, they say carrying a walnut. And its shell, is believed to also promote fertility. Um, it says that it also is related to healing and strengthening of the heart mm-hmm. um, and warding off rheumatism. Um, I also have here that, contradicting that, there was a Romanian bride who would place it in her bra each year so she would not conceive. Mm. And she said she swore by it that it wouldn't. Get her well, pregnant.
1: But I think that's the thing with fertility magic is that, you know, it c- you can give it or take it. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing that ties into Diana cults, and I don't know if this is where it came from, but Jupiter, the Roman god, is also rumored to have had intimate relations with Diana. Okay. Um, maybe that's why. The, the connection of Diana to the walnut tree. I don't know.
0: Maybe. It ha- everything's connected. That is a connection. That's yeah. not coincidence.
1: So, if you do want to work with Diana, Jupiter... His balls. <laughs> the walnuts are actually a great offering for those two. Offerings for Jupiter include honey cake, wine, and cooked meals. Mm. What you could probably do, uh, and I'll include a recipe in the show notes, is a uh, uh, like a banana walnut a what bread bread
0: that was the same. I have a a walnut recipe for bread. Yeah,
1: and you can drizzle like a honey glaze on it. Your son's much better for the ultimate fertility offering. How about for us who don't want to? What? Have any more babies? Oh, well, fertility is not just for babies, <sighs> you know? Fertile minds. Like, I love fertility magic. I'm not trying to have any more kids. Mm. One and done. I'm perfectly content with my daughter, but, um, like, I don't want to expand on our family dynamic. They have to be very clear about your intention.
0: Your intention for fertility, for sure.
1: I think with fertility, see, I'm, like, I love fertility magic, I need to have a land, mental landscape that is ripe for new creative ideas and opportunities. So I love that, like, empress, Venusian, fertile, like, abundant Mm -hmm. energy.
0: See, I practice abundance in a different way. I've never approached it it through fertility magic, which is interesting to me because I've never thought of fertility magic in bringing in anything other than a child.
1: Yeah. To be honest. You say the F word and everybody is like "Oh,
0: ah! Yes. <laughs> you don't really see, because this is real witchcraft, guys. You know, you have a, two real practitioners here and you're not just getting stuff that you get from books. Mm-hmm. Usually it's just like one thing. One religion or one practice. So mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to approach magic and witchcraft. So even us having this podcast, to me, I appreciate it so much. Because she looks into a certain history of the plant. I go into a certain history of the plant. Um, and then we have this beautiful conversation where things just align. And then mm-hmm. right now, I've been doing magic for how long? My whole life. Yeah. My h- entire family. And I've never, I mean, I've heard of fertility bringing in abundance. But I've never actually connected the dots yeah, to that. So I'm very interested and intrigued in it now.
1: I used actually I use the Empress a lot, so I like to use tarot cards in my uh like I'll leave tarot cards in my altar or like I'll put them on my wall on my mirror at my desk wherever I need that type of energy or I want to be reminded of that energy um and the Empress is one that I use a lot when I'm growing new endeavors, new babies, new projects. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So fertility magic can come in handy for sure. I really like that approach. And it's great. Fertility magic is good. On, I like to do fertility magic on either a Cancer moon or a Taurus moon. Hey, Balls. Hmm. Or fertility. Huh?
0: Balls. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's just like ding in my brain. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: So trees are typically for fertility in general. Um, For the more feminine aspects of those, uh, of fertility magic, you're going to go for a fruitful tree. For masculine aspects of fertility, uh, I think that these are particularly great also for business. You want to go with a a nut tree. Mm. So all nuts are traditionally categorized under masculine fertility, and all fruit-bearing trees are traditionally categorized under feminine fertility.
0: Except for this one.
1: Oh, because this is technically... A seed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, traditionally, when they still called it a nut, before the scientists were like, (laughs) it's a, what is it, a droop? Yes, it's a a fruit. It's inside of a fruit. So, the other reason that trees are linked to fertility magic is because of the way they sprout out of the ground like morning wood. (laughs) And they their roots go down into the earth, penetrating Mother Earth. So that's the symbolism. I'm making hand motions. Unfortunately, you you guys are not here to see this. (laughs) Fortunately, I am. (laughs) But but that's why that's why trees are linked to fertility. And I'll never look at
0: a tree the same way again. Yeah.
1: Now you're gonna just see morning wood and the top of the head,
0: (laughs) the top of the penis head. Yeah, okay, now I'm like really seeing it.
1: You're really going into the phallic, jeez oh, <laughs> <laughs> So
0: medicinally, walnuts do provide obvious, you know fats and fibers, vitamins. They actually have um, a walnut conference every year in California, in the University of California, um, Davis. To go over all the benefits of walnuts because it's like they find something out mm-hmm. every single time. Oh,
1: that's so interesting.
0: I want to go to a walnut conference. Me too. For sure. And then some of the benefits are like they're rich in antioxidants, super plant source of omega-3s. Um, they decrease inflammation, promote healthy gut. Um, they r- reduce risk of cancer, mm-hmm. um, supports weight control. They help manage um, diabetes too and lower your risk. Also, of diabetes, um, lower blood pressure, healthy aging, and of course, brain. There's so much brain health with Mm -hmm. walnuts. I need to start taking some.
1: Well, that's the thing. Um, We've had this discussion before about like the macrocosm, microcosm. Yes. About Earth giving you what you need um, and how those things generally look like what you need. (laughs) Yes. You know, like a carrot. Looks like the iris, and it's good for your eyes. Mm -hmm. A walnut looks like a brain, Brain. so it's good for your brain. Um, Broccoli looks like your lungs, like bronchial, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's good for lung health. So Mm -hmm. that's also an aspect of shamanism and plant identification, that you can use. You have to kind of... It's almost like the tarot. Like if you read tarot and you're looking for the symbolism in the tarot. yes, It's the same thing in the plant world. You yes. look at the plant. You see what that plant resembles. And then it's likely that it has something to do with healing that aspect of the body.
0: Yeah. For like the book that I'm writing that's coming out this year for me on plant witchery. I you, I share my path, my practice for mm-hmm. those who want to go into it and when I speak about the messages that I receive from the plants because I am a plant whisperer Mm -hmm. I could communicate with plants their messages or their strengths or their magical aspects to them are related to the way they look um, the energies they carry Mm -hmm. um, how they grow so they're all very much connected and I like talking about that in this book so I'm excited for that to come out and for you guys to see that, also, which ties into the podcast, everything we talk about is just kind of like mind blown.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting um, the, the w- when you, that you say like the way things are grown. That is such an important mm-hmm. aspect of magic. Um, a lot of the things that are written in books are someone's observations of yes. the magical uses of plants. So there's a lot of room for exploration in that field in figuring out what the magical properties are this study has been around for thousands of years, but magical texts on the subject are still relatively new.
0: Yeah. Cause people repeat the same thing. I avoid that in my book. Yeah. I go into my experience, like real discovery and communication and, Give a fresh approach to how to use them magically or for self spiritual development. Because if you go and you Google, well, they don't have much on plants. They do have it on more herbs. Yeah. It's the same thing. And also, there's no why. No, no why why, is that? Where did you, it's all coming from one source over and over and over where they're just not really doing the work themselves, which is really sad. And we want to have you guys, you know, be inspired to work with things on your own when anything plants tools whatever just do it yourself
1: well one of the aspects that kind of changes herbalism to today in my opinion i have not read this in a book is the l- modern landscape impacting uh the growth of certain plants mm-hmm. one thing that i love is seeing how the plants grow in more urban landscapes, like not everybody's just living out on the land. Who's listening to this? A lot of us are living in cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get the stats. So we know, like we see you New York. We see you LA. Um, So there's like a whole adjustment to be made for herbalism in city areas too. I think personally that a plant that grows through the cracks in a sidewalk in New Jersey or like wh- wherever you are, if if you see a plant in a city area growing through the sidewalk, um, that plant or that tree that is disrupting the city sidewalk is going to have so much power in resilience, mm-hmm. in strength, mm-hmm. in disruption, then something that you have to go into the woods to find or order on the internet, you know, plucking that plant if it allows you to or gives you the permission to, um, plucking that plant and using that in your magic can be way more powerful than just ordering an herb on the internet. And it's all about just learning how to read it. Like, does is this a super abundant a plant that's growing over a building? Is it taking over a building? Do you have a message that you want to spread? Do you need abundance? Use that plant Mm -hmm. that's growing like crazy. Yeah. You
0: know? 100%. It's the most beautiful sight for me when you see them even on like stone walls going through the cracks. But what I do advise, however, if you see one on the sidewalk, which is what draws me to them and my son is addicted to finding them like Mm -hmm. that. And he's like, look, a superhero. We always talk about the superheroes that find a way to come out of concrete. Like, what the hell? So what you want to do is be mindful. So you could actually, um, there should be some dirt underneath it. Mm -hmm. So try to grab it from the roots and then you could take it home and regrow it, Mm -hmm. repot it. Or put it in water, depending on what it is, and let the roots grow stronger. And then you could have this beautiful, magical flower or plant in your home or in your garden, Mm -hmm. um, giving it more life. You know, why is it growing out of there? Because it wants to get out.
1: I think even the act of doing that and taking uh, a plant that is stuck in less than ideal circumstances Mm -hmm. and putting it into a better position where it can thrive. Just the metaphor of doing that is magic in itself and will create that in your own life.
0: And the connection will be just beautiful. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's the way I approach them. Because my son, when he initially first saw one, he plucked it out. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> um, and we couldn't save it because it was plucked out. There was no yeah. roots. But if you could get kind of to the roots, mm-hmm. um, try to pull that out a little bit and then try to re it somewhere and place it where it's going to be happy absolutely yay so folk medicine walnuts have been listed as one of the 38 substances used to prepare something called Bach flour, uh-huh. Um, which is really intriguing to me because um, it's a herbal remedy promoted in folk medicine practices for its supportive effect on health like it's supposedly good on anything, mm-hmm. like it tackles cancer, it tackles any disease. Um, Backflower Remedies are solutions of brandy and water, the water containing extreme dilutions of flower material um, developed by Edward Bach. Mm-hmm. I would suggest for you to kind of research him and look into his um, I guess thought process yeah. and how he approaches um, natural remedies, not saying that this works, mm-hmm. this Bach flower, um, just saying that How he approaches um, medicine and plants in general is how I like to approach them. So um, he's very interesting. He believed that illness was a result of conflict between the purposes of the soul and the personality's action and outlook. Um, This internal war, according to Bach, leads to negative moods and to energy blocking, thought to cause a lack of harmony, thus leading to physical disease. Mm -hmm. And this... Talk speaks to me because this is indigenous thinking. This is how indigenous people think Um, going through lupus now. And their answer to me is, well, get your spiritual shit together. Yeah. Literally every time that's what they say to me. And Mm -hmm. every time I go to the gathering, they're like, you're feeling a lot better. Are you doing more meditation? Are you doing more yoga? Yeah. Are you doing releasing more energy from your body? So we approach it as spiritual and physical body. Balance.
1: Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's that's one thing that we've lost. Like, you know, um, we went so far in the other direction. For those of you who may not know this, I'm sure a lot of you do. A lot of the the Salem witch trials and witches who were burned and killed. It was because people didn't understand germ like the germ theory hadn't been developed, you know? So if someone got sick, they thought, I'm, I'm a good Christian. Why is God cursing me? Why is God doing this to me? I've done all the right things. I go to church. I pray. It must be a witch. Yeah. You know, because in, in their logical mind, they couldn't figure out how that could possibly be. So after such an extreme time of violence, when we finally discovered the germ theory, it's almost like we went the polar opposite direction instead of somewhere in the middle middle where spirituality and science coexist together. And it's
0: sad because a lot of um you know, countries that are struggling, for instance, are not really up to date with that kind of science. Mm-hmm. Um, For example, um, not naming any countries, but there's a particular country, if you have a child and you're pregnant, right? Obviously, you're pregnant. When that child is born, if things start going wrong in your family, Mm -hmm. whether it's love life, money, um, or anything that goes wrong, they say the child that was born is a witch. Yeah. They will throw that child out in the street. Uh Uh-huh no matter what age it is. Yeah, Newborn, and I, one, two-year-old, they'll throw them out in the street mm-hmm. and people will attack that child.
1: Yes. After the the printing press was invented, the witch's hammer was printed within 35 years. It was one of the first major pieces of propaganda mm-hmm. that sparked, um, you know, hundreds of thousands and into today's day, millions of witches being... Murdered, and somebody commented about his, how historians believe that it was 50,000 to 200,000 women in Europe, but that's just Europe, yes, mm-hmm. and there are many other people outside of Europe that also matter, yeah, you know, and are still today being. Murdered for witchcraft.
0: Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Like just alone in any country in the Caribbean. Um, I know back in the day, like um, it wasn't okay to be publicly a witch, but mm-hmm. yet people had to sne- will sneak to them to yeah. kind of get answers and guidance and healing. Mm-hmm. Now it's more open, thank goodness. Um, which is really odd because a lot of a lot of people in the Caribbean are. Brujas, there are healers, curanderas. But it's interesting in this country, you know, people of color aren't brought into the conversation of witches when originally our ancestors, all of us, are witches. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. didn't come from, you know, Europe. Yeah. They're from all over, Mm -hmm. um, every country. Yeah. And... You know, it it ekes us out a little bit. And I think that's where the separation comes from a lot in the community. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, when I started, everybody's like, okay, so you're going to be like pro people of color only. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, not at all, because I'm not going to repeat history. We're not going to go down that road where we separate ourselves from each other. We're Mm -hmm. the same people. We love the earth. We believe in our higher self. We're all aiming for the same thing. And Mm -hmm. we just need to fucking get along. And bring ourselves together. No Mm -hmm. matter what history said about us or how they separated us. We're not responsible to continue that madness. Yeah. Not at all. Sorry, I'm very passionate about that shit. Well, on the
1: same same aspect, you know, like a lot of people cling in the witchcraft community to Wicca. Oh, God. And. Sorry, I'm very
0: like against that.
1: For the rule of three and Mm. those things, you know, they will harass people about. Uh, their spiritual practices like you can't blow a candle out you can't hex somebody like I'm sorry but hexing got people out of oppression
0: yeah (laughs) and you know we're not it's not that I'm against Wicca itself Mm -hmm. the reason why I'm not okay with Wicca is Wicca stole a lot from other cultures Mm -hmm. especially in my indigenous community indigenous people Native Americans they talk about that shit all the time they see that me an indigenous person representing indigenous people is also representing the witch community and i've gotten a lot of slack for that like how are you supporting these people who are doing wicca when they're stealing from our culture i'm like first of all witches don't all practice wicca yeah
1: wicca is new man-made first of all that's another thing um, to be very clear, for, for baby witches out there, yes, baby witchcraft witches, listen. is not a religion. No, it isn't. It's, it is a practice. It is a practice, whatever the fuck
0: you want that practice to be.
1: And Wicca is a religion, a mm. relatively new religion. New religion. Yes. That's taken
0: from different practices. Literally, worshiping the earth has been here since we first got here on this earth. And a lot of, like, culture appropriation. But if you're practicing Wicca and that's something that you love and you've turned it into something that works for you, that's great. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of Wiccans. I do. And I know that they don't particularly follow um, one way. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different...
1: There's different paths. There's different paths have. in Wicca, actually. You don't Wicca, have to follow
0: actually. one path. Yeah, there's different paths. And just so you know that a lot of Wiccans don't consider them witch- themselves witches. Yeah. So you have to disconnect yourself from this whole thinking. I want to be part of something that's called Wicca cuz it sounds wicked mm-hmm. and it makes me a witch. Not true at all.
1: Yeah. Did you just Like for me personally, my whole path is about I have i I'm like the definition of melting pot. <laughs> I I'm Italian, I have Nordic roots, I have Celtic roots. I am also Colombian. Um and that's Afro-Colombian. My great-grandfather was Afro-Colombian, Super so indigenous. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, his, his heritage is native Inca and then also uh African. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different tenets of my ancestral background. Um I don't find that one religion really encompasses all of my ancestral spirituality and that's what i like about witchcraft is that i'm free to explore all of those things and include all of those things in my practice freely
0: yes the whole point is for whatever you do needs to connect to you yeah either through your ancestry or if you don't know your ancestry it has to connect to you your being that when you're doing it you feel honest. You feel connected. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you're doing jibber jabber. You know what I mean? Like yep. I'm not the person that will read a spell out of a book. I can't. Yeah. I can't because I feel no. fake for I me. I feel like <laughs> a lot of witches don't. It's just not something you do.
1: Um Some witches do especially in the beginning. You kind of use like a spell as a jumping off point but mm-hmm. then eventually you grow into a place where um you Kind of just freestyle and do your own thing yeah, because do your own
0: thing that's where the
1: power yeah, is. yeah the things that are personal to you and have meaning to you and resonate with you are going to be much more powerful than anything else like i don't I don't read a poem when I do witchcraft. right uh, I never grew up in a formal religious setting. I didn't I've been to church like maybe less than ten times in my life. So for me
0: something that was very eye opening um one of my best friends she's Mexican um and she's very into indigenous culture but we were you know banishing a spirit and she's a witch also mm-hmm. and when she started speaking out loud to banish the spirit uh-huh. she went into prayer like catholic prayer yeah. i was like what the fuck just happened but Which is a- it was powerful yeah. the energy because she her father um was not a pastor i think Mm -hmm. what they call him um i'm like what they call him i'm sure it was a pastor and she's used to prayer she was used to prayer since she was a little girl even though she it's not something that she believes in now and she's not really um connected to but it is connected to her in the sense that prayer has always been um powerful for her growing up Mm -hmm. and Praying to God. Yeah. So when the moment came that we needed to, you know, attack this spirit and that was very, very heavy in the home, she went into those prayers. And mm-hmm. to me, it took me like, what the hell is happening? But yeah. you could feel the energy. It doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. What matters is your belief. hmm. And your connection to what you're saying or what you're doing. exactly That's where the power comes from. Yeah. It doesn't matter. These things are just tools, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it and is. And that's why I
1: think some people really excel in, like, ceremonial magic. Yes. Because they're used to these, like, traditionally structured religious settings. Yes. And so they adhere to ceremonial magic. And then there's some people who, you know, are root workers. You could be whatever, and it's all dependent on your comfort level Mm -hmm. you know I don't feel comfortable chanting I don't feel comfortable reciting anything it's not natural to me because I've always been like this loner who has no religious (laughs) associations whereas just like Juliet just said someone who's trained to express spirituality in that way that's effective for them. Mm-hmm.
0: It's effective because what's coming through is your that inner power
1: coming through those. Okay, I think we need to wrap this one up. Yes, <laughs> we could talk forever on this topic. Yes. Um, I just wanted to close it out with also adding that um. Walnut, back to walnut. We went on a little tangent there. Um, is a strong antifungal. Mm. So it's great for fungal infections. You can actually add walnut, black walnut to your baths um, and use it in skin preparations. Uh, Talking
0: about skin preparations, it was also used to stain the skin brown as an alternative to stockings.
1: Yes. Um, I'm actually going to start a candida cleanse Mm. today. I wanted to wait until after we recorded. Have fun! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to start a Candida cleanse today. It's in my Candida cleanse black walnut. Oh, is it? Yes. So it's a very good. It's also anti parasitic. So if you're having stomach ail- ailments, yeah, you, all the time, you want to look for something with black walnut in it. Depending on what your obvious symptoms are, you'd have to do the research. Um, but black walnut can be great for dealing with stomach issues. I
0: think I might try to do a cleanse. I'll let you know Not how. Not yet after after Valentine's.
1: All right. On that note, thank you for listening to today's episode about walnut. Mm-hmm. We hope you learned a lot about the tree of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Instagram. Yes, at Elder Hour give us five stars if you so desire or maybe even a nice review and, um, subscribe to our website, which has our
0: blog and we put extended content on there, like recipes, Mm -hmm. um, any images or things that we want to share on there.
1: Yep. And, um, Follow me on social media at Witch Baby Soap. My personal Instagram is at stayathomewitch.
0: I'm um, author Juliet Diaz with two Zs. And then The Plant Coven, which is online uh, school for brujas and witches.
1: And have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.